This is the Life Truth Network. Truth Exposed, Episode 58. Truth Exposed, a feature of Quest for Truth where we take a deep dive into Scripture. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here are your hosts, Keith Heltzley and Nathan Caldwell. Hey everybody, this is your host Keith, and that's right, it is time for an episode of Truth Exposed. We're going to be back in the book of John. This time we'll be looking at the first few verses of chapter 16. I'll be joined shortly by our usual cast of characters, our co-host Nathan Caldwell, our uh, beloved, most favored, long-deceased radio Bible teacher of the airwaves, J. Vernon McGee. He, all of his um, Bible study courses, uh, the five-year track is available out there. You can find it on iTunes. Just download them all for yourself. Uh, go through them systematically. Enjoy them one by one, however you want to do it. They're out there. And I, I hope you do. And in the process, uh, visit his ministry website, ttb.org. That stands for Through the Bible Ministries.org. And let him know that you appreciate his teaching still being kept alive. And with that, we'll get busy here. That's probably a little bit longer of an episode than I planned on it. Hey, as it turns out, we're only going to cover a, a few verses here. But there's a lot of depth in what's going on here. And uh, especially J. Vernon McGee and myself, we have a, a bit of things to add in there. Well, anyway, we're just too long. We did for our own good. But uh, with that, uh, why don't you um, listen to a few promos here from the good folks at the Christian Podcast Community located at ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. And these are just a sampling of the I don't know, several dozens of folks that are there now. So, hey, listen up and enjoy. Hey there, friends, family, foes, and lurkers alike. This is Daniel Minnick, the host of the Truth Espresso podcast on the Christian Podcast Community. And I want you to check out Voice of Reason Radio with Chris Honholtz and Richard Story. Chris and Rich are two guys with big hearts who will bring you a show every week that is sure to be challenging, encouraging, and biblical. Voice of Reason Radio with Chris Honholtz and Richard Story is part of the Christian podcast community. Check them out at slavetothekingcom That's slavetothekingcom And tell them Truthspresso sent you. Are you living an abundant life? Jesus came to give us eternal life. Yes, but also an abundant life here and now, overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit. The Abundant Life Podcast encourages and challenges Christians to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. Podcast hosts Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano discuss various topics that are helpful for Christians and true to the Scripture and bring a generous dose of humor. Visit AbundantLife.fm and subscribe to get notified of each new episode. That's AbundantLife.fm. 
Anchor.fm. Ding dong! Jehovah's Witnesses. Ding dong! Mormons. Christian, are you ready to defend the faith when false religions ring your doorbell? Do you know what your Muslim and Jewish friends believe? You will if you get Andrew Rappaport's book, What Do They Believe? When we witness to people, we need to present the truth, but it is very wise to know what they believe, and you will get Andrew Rappaport's book at whatdothebelieve.com. Main topic. Uh, verse 1, these things I have spoken to you, that you may be kept from stumbling, is the NASB. Let's look at... Now he's going to move into the 16th chapter, and he's going to say, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. What things did he say to them? He, of course, is talking about the previous things that he had said. Uh, Remember that he did warn them that there was going to be people who hated him. And, you know, if they love his word, then they'll love them. But if they don't love Jesus' word, they aren't going to love them either. And Jesus says, you know, don't be offended. In John 16, 4, we're going to read that before we get all the way done here. So I'm just going to zoom through this real quick. But these things I have spoken to you, so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. However, I did not say these things to you at the beginning because I was with you. So what Jesus is doing, he's warning, giving you a heads up, uh, and he's well, he didn't want you to be surprised. <laughs> In John fifteen eleven, that would have been the previous chapter. He said something similar. These things I have spoken to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. He's, these are going to be some hard words, but he's doing it so he can be joyful through uh, these hard times that are coming. Matthew eleven six. Blessed is any person who does not take offense at me. Uh, Matthew thirteen twenty one. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but it's only temporary. And when affliction or persecution occurs because of the word, immediately he falls away. This is a descriptor of, uh, of course, someone who uh, maybe is in the thorny soil or the house on the sand. If you're easily offended, if you're a Christian and someone says something bad about you uh, and you're easily offended over your faith, well, you um, are in this situation and we need to uh, ask for uh, the courage, I suppose, the bravery to stick with it. Uh, Matthew thirteen fifty seven goes on to say, And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, The prophet is not dishonored except for in his own hometown and his own household. And, of course, in this very same sermon that Jesus was preaching in this chapter, uh, the people in his hometown did take offense. He was saying some pretty strong words that went against their ingrained teaching about their own faith. In Matthew twenty four ten, And at that time, many will fall away, and they will betray one another and hate one another. 
uh, Matthew 26, 31 through 33. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter replied to him, Even if they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus is telling him, you will. You will be offended. Uh, You will fall away. You try as you might. Now, if you are doing it in your own strength, as Peter seems to be doing there, well, your own strength is pretty weak. You need to call upon the strength uh, of uh, your faith in Christ. Now notice what he's saying here. He says, These things I've spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. And the word is stumbled. The word in the Greek is skandalizo, which means scandalize. In other words, he is warning them ahead of time. And he does that in order to strengthen them and let them know what's coming. And he loves them right on through to the very end. And he's letting them know that he'll be with them, and he knows what they're going to go through. Now, he makes it also very clear that they would not be offended. And yet he said that very night that they would be offended back in Matthew. He says, you'll be offended. And what in the world did he mean? Now he says, they're going to put you out of the synagogues. And the time will come that whoever kills you will think that he's doing God's service. May I say to you that that means that they would be excommunicated. And in that day, it was a terrible thing. And today, there are a great many people that are reluctant to leave their crowd in a liberal church. Another group are reluctant to take a stand in a conservative church against a little clique, just afraid to stand for God in these days. Well, my friends, if you're standing for Christ, it's going to cost you something. And I'm very candid to say to you today, and I know this is not popular. I can say things lots more popular than this. But if you're standing for Christ, it'll cost you something. And if you're not about to stand for him, you don't want to pay the price. Then I would say to you right now, back off in a hurry, because it'll be coming to you before it's over. And so, they're to be excommunicated, he says. Verse 3. These things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. So Jesus is telling his disciples, here it comes, it's going to go bad. You're going to be persecuted by your fellow Jewish people. And it's because they don't know the Father or or Jesus. Now we can go back to John 8, verse 19. Uh, So they were saying to him, where is your father? And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Now, of course, he didn't understand what that meant. And in John eight fifty five, 55, uh, And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I follow his word. Jesus is very emphatic about who he is. He knows who he is. He knows who his father is. But these people don't. Verse 3 says, And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. Now did you catch that? They have not known the Father, nor me. 
And you see what he's doing. He's tracing this hatred of the world for him right down to its source. Why does the world today hate the Word of God? Why is it that the world hates a genuine believer? Well, it's because of the fact that they have not known the Father, and they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 15, which is, of course, just this last previous chapter, verse 21, But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know the one who sent me. The disciples have already been warned on this. They've already been alerted to it. But Jesus is being emphatic here yet again. Uh, again in John 15, verse 23, The one who hates me hates my father also. And so if you hate a, a fellow Christian, is, you, do you hate Christ? You must. If you hate Christ and you also hate God, do you? I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. But sometimes that's how we are with fellow believers. That's one thing. If someone says, I'm an atheist and I reject everything I stand for, I can deal with that because they're not professing to believe anything. But whenever your fellow uh, brother in Christ, in this case, the, the fellow Jews are going to attack these Jewish disciples. Now, let's go on and look at John seventeen three, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. If I'm not mistaken, that's part of a prayer that Jesus will be praying. We'll learn about that at a future installment. In John seventeen twenty five, that same prayer, he goes on to say, Righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you have sent me. So Jesus is praying for p- people who believe, people who understand, people who have been enlightened to the fact that he is the Christ and he is sent from God and and you know God. Uh, Luke ten twenty two, uh, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son determines to reveal. So to have this revelation, this illumination, this guidance, you can't have your eyes open to this unless Christ opens your eyes to it. Now, First Corinthians two eight. The wisdom which none of the rules of this age has understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Second uh, Corinthians 4, 3 through 6. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they will not see the light of the gospel or the glory of Christ, who is the image of Christ, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus is Lord, and ourselves as bond service on account of Jesus for God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of faith in Christ. So, for uh, fellow Christians who attack each other, I know it happens on Twitter. I have a personal experience. I don't get that involved on Twitter to argue with people. But I know people on, on our Christian podcast community have told stories of being attacked by other believers, you know, called you know, heretic or whatever. Uh, but 
you have to ask, do they really know Christ? Are they really enlightened? Are they accusing you of a false thing? Because Jesus said, you will be attacked. And in this case, they were going to be attacked by their fellow countrymen, their fellow Jewish faithful people, allegedly faithful people. Uh, and so this is primarily, watch out, because your fellow believers are going to get you because you're behaving in Christ's name, and they don't understand it because they're not believers, and they haven't had belief revealed in their mind yet. Uh, Second Thessalonians one eight, unflaming fire dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. This is how God's going to deal with those people. Uh, what I can say is, you know, pray for them, pray for them to return to the fold to, to that Christ would enlighten and illumine their minds. Second uh, Thessalonians two ten. Uh, with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not accept the love of the truth so as to be saved. Verse 11, I think. For this reason, God will send a common deluding influence so they will believe what is false, so that they may be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. How many times have you recognized a Christian uh, taking pleasure in wickedness or doing the wrong thing? Uh, you know, even notable uh, pastors and evangelists can fall prey to that. But the, you know, there's a hope that we you can pray that they will be illumined to their danger of what they're doing and that they will repent and stop doing that. Uh, because But they need to have Christ open their eyes. You, you can talk to your blue in the face at them. And all they'll do is persecute you back. First uh, Timothy one thirteen. Uh, Even though I was previously a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent oppressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted appropriately in belief. I'm saying was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. There we go. I said the right at that time. First uh, John three one. Uh, children of God love one another. This is the one thing we're commanded to do. Children love one another. In other words, primarily, first of all, love your fellow Christians. Don't be bickering and backbiting with your fellow believer. This is what all this is about. Now, should we also love non-believers? Well, sure. The same way God does. We should love them to try to draw them into salvation. But we shouldn't be surprised when our fellow believers do these things to us because they're not maybe they're not they're, they're ignorant as Paul used that word they don't know um, but it goes on when John 4 8 the one who does not love does not know God because God is love uh, love is an attribute of God. Everything we know about love, we know because of God. But God is more than love. He does have other ele- uh, attributes, uh, justice, wrath, uh, mercy, and all those other attributes. It's not as simple to say God is love when he's warm and fuzzy because it's the only part of God. Um, 1 John 5, 20. Now we know that the Son of God has come 
and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in whom who is true and his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So once again, uh, to have a proper knowledge before you attack your fellow believer, uh, you need to make sure you have your uh, your faith on straight with Christ. You need to be in Christ and have Christ illumine you. Uh, and that is the big takeaway there. Verse 4, But these things I have spoken to you, so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. Now let's break that in two and examine that. The first part, but these things I have spoken to you, so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. Let's dig into that a little bit. In John thirteen nineteen, from now on, I am telling you before it happens, so that when it does happen, you may believe that I am he. This is about, you might say prophecy, where you're being told Jesus is alerting you now, so things are going to happen later. In John fourteen twenty nine, and now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. Uh, he's not being given the gift of prophecy, per se, but he's telling them, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. These bad things are going to happen. We can refer back to Isaiah 41 uh, to 22 and 23. Uh, Let them bring them forward and declare to us what is going to take place. As for the former events, declare what they were so that we may consider them and know their outcome. Or announce to us what is coming. Verse 23. Declare the things that are going to come afterwards, so that we may know that you are God. Indeed, do good or evil, that we may be a fear, uh, so that we may be afraid and fear forever. Uh, so that's what prophecy looks like. You declare what was, you declare what Scripture says, and you declare what that means for us in the future. And here Jesus is telling his disciples, he's telling even us what's going to happen in the future. Uh, let's look at Matthew ten seven. As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew twenty four twenty five. Behold, I have told you in advance. Mark thirteen twenty three says something similar. Uh, but beware, I have told you everything in advance. Uh, in other words, everything we need to know about Jesus and his coming and our future in him, he has told us already in the past in Scripture. All we need to do is read it and for what it says, again, not what we want it to say or think it should say. Um, let's look at Luke twenty one twelve. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, turning you over to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors on account of my name. And remember, verse 4 was referred to in the first verse. It's kind of uh, coming full circle here. Jesus is telling them these bad things are going to happen. I'm telling you, don't think you're going to have a cushy ride just because you're a disciple. Luke twenty-one twelve. 
but before all these things, they will lay their hands unto you and persecute you, turning over to synagogues and prisons, bring you before kings and governors on account of my name. I've already read that. Second Peter one fourteen. Uh, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus has made clear to me. And, and so what Paul is saying there is, he's getting into the end of his life, and he knows it's been, you know, been revealed, he's been illumined by Christ to say, hey, your time's coming up, and he's trying to make his, uh, uh, his last request. So, you know, uh, yeah, I suppose Christ could give us a, a bit of prophecy in that regard, but that illumination has to come from Him. We just can't declare ourselves a prophet. Uh, the best we can do is read all those things. Christ has already told us everything we need to know. He didn't tell us everything, but it's everything that we need to know. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because it, because I was with you. So he says, I, you know, I didn't have to, I didn't have to kind of give you every single lowdown because, you know, he was with them. Is what he didn't have to tell them because he was with them. And he, you know, if something comes up, he could have he could have taken care of it, uh, or at least explained what was going on or, or whatever. Of course, Jesus could have done anything he wanted to. But hopefully I'm making a little sense. He's letting them know, you see, what is coming, and he's training them, as it were, for what is coming to them. The Lord always prepares us, friends, for whatever's coming to us. I've learned in my own experience, and as a pastor watching others, that that is his method. Oh, that verse, in verse 4, uh, These things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. In John seventeen, twelve and 13, While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them. And not one of them perished except the son of destruction, so the scripture will be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world so that my joy may be made full of themselves. So, again, Christ is, this is a prayer to God uh, regarding his disciples. But Christ is trying to alert us because he wants us to have joy through this. Uh, discipline can be hard. You know, be a disciple. Disciple equals discipline. It can be difficult to be that student of Christ. But it's, there should be joy in it. Uh, Matthew nine fifteen. And Jesus said to them, Be, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the attendants of the groom cannot mourn if the groom is with them, but the days will come when the groom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Uh, now, and Mark uh, says a similar thing, uh, 2.19. Uh, Jesus said to them, uh, while the groom is with them, the attendants of the groom cannot fast, can they? As long as they have the groom with them, they cannot fast. Now, here's the thing. You know, Jesus was a man. He was alive on earth. He did do these things and preach these things. And he was crucified. And he was raised from the dead. But guess what? Jesus isn't only was, he still is. He's not currently on earth 
uh, the scripture says he ascended in the clouds. He went from being alive on earth to alive in heaven. He took his place there. Uh, we can have that as hope. It's not a promise that's recorded as being that way. He is currently alive. Now, he w- was with his disciples while he was on earth. There's no reason they're born, but he's trying to tell them, I'm not going to be here for much longer, and then there will be some time for mourning. Uh, now, once Christ returns, all the mourning we have, all of our grief will go away because the bridegroom will have returned. Uh, let's see. Where was that here? And, you know, that is really what I have uh, on this whole passage, I suppose. Uh, so there, hey, the takeaway is uh, times are tough. Times will be tough. Even with our own brothers in Christ, they could be tough. But we need to make sure that before we respond and afflict somebody else, uh, are we really uh, grounded in Christ? Are, are we the ones who are falsely persecuting? Uh, if we're not, that's great. Then you're in the right. Uh, but pray for that brother, that just like Paul, who thought he was justly persecuting the church. Uh, pray for that brother or sister in Christ so that they can uh, have that veil removed. Because it's not, uh, that that's just it. We need to be illumined, but the problem isn't maybe our illumination is so much as there's a veil <laughs> there. We need to pray that that is removed. Uh, and so we can be truly unveiled believers in Christ and, and loving one another uh, properly. Well, there we go. There's our scripture for today. I'm sorry it was a little bit short. Well, at least in the number of verses that we covered, but there was a lot of, of depth uh, there. But I promise next time we meet, we'll cover a lot more ground. So hey, we'll see you then. Ever wish you could get together with a friend over coffee each week and talk about God's Word? Me too. Hi, I'm Anthony Russo. I'm the host of Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's Word to everyday life. I hope you'll join me, Anthony Russo, on Grace and Peace Radio each week at graceandpeaceradio.com or right here on the Christian Podcast Community.org. Hello, I'm Melba Toast, host of Thoroughly Equipped, a podcast for women centered on Sola Scriptura, the doctrine that the scriptures are all we need for salvation and spiritual living. This podcast takes the popular evangelical women's ministry teachings and philosophies and compares them to scripture to show just how sufficient it is to thoroughly equip and train us to be women who glorify God in all we do, trust in Christ and all He has done, and to live out and proclaim the gospel day by day. So I hope you'll tune in to Thoroughly Equipped, which you can find on most podcast apps, Striving for Eternity's Christian podcast community, or look me up on the web at ttew.org. Striving for Eternity is a Christ-centered ministry focused on equipping people for eternity, and they provide speakers and seminars that come to your church with expertise in theology, hermeneutics, world religions, creation science, evangelism, presuppositional apologetics, church history, and expertise in sexual abuse in the church. For details on their seminars and to request a speaker for your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. Striving to make today an eternal day for the glory of God. Well, there we go. Uh, you know, uh, I know 
uh, J. Vernon McGee mentioned some things uh, in his day back in the late 60s, early 70s, how the church is on the wrong track and bickering and then fighting. It's still that way. It's been that way. Uh, it's something that shouldn't have to be that way. But there's even a, a current uh, a hubbub going around the the social media spheres about a particular celebrity pastor who I, I won't get into because I don't want to get into it. Uh, there's plenty you'll find out about him uh, if you listen to other, some of other podcasts or on the Christian podcast community or if you've been involved in some of the Twitter flame wars lately. Hey, give the guy a break. Uh, give the guy some grace. You know, even if he is off track, you know, just like with Paul who killed people ambitiously attacked the church there's hope for him there's hope for this guy there's hope for any of these uh, errant uh, preachers out there uh, just pray that that Christ reveals uh, in them the right thing to do and pray that Christ reveals in you and me the right things and ways to react well that's all I got so hey we'll see you next time thanks for listening this is Chris Keith signing off thanks for listening tell a friend about us that's how we our listenership the most uh, but while you're out there give us a favorable rating and review out there on the uh, social directories iTunes and such but hey and here is our voice of the podcast to tell you all about how to do that so hey take it away Anthony Russo visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401 401- 753-4844 Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page Follow us on Twitter at HPNCast capital H, capital P, capital N capital C, A-S-T Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.